Let's pray together, shall we? Our Father and God, thank you for allowing us to gather today. And Father, we celebrate today the coming into your kingdom of two of your children. We thank you for their families, for their homes. We thank you for the way that you have moved in their lives. And Father, we thank you for the testimony that they gave this day to each of us. But God, we know that that's just the beginning. That's the first step in our relationship with you. That's the first act of obedience. That's an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual commitment. So today, Father, as we lift these two up to you, we want to thank you for that challenge for each one of us that we might be more like Christ as we grow in you. But Lord, even in the midst of that, even in the midst of, of, of celebrating what you're doing in our spiritual world, God, we're also mindful of those who are hurting today. <clears throat> there are people without power in their homes and have been without power for a week. Some are suffering, Father. Some don't have friends that they can turn to. Some don't have alternative means of heat because, God, we've become so dependent on everything around us. Father, I pray that you would be with them and that you would help each one of us to be responsive to the needs of others around us in times like these. God, we need a friend right now. And there are people out there who feel lonely, who feel isolated, who feel neglected, who feel like nobody cares. And all it takes from us, Father, is a phone call. All it takes from us is to see how they are doing. Pray, Father, that you would instill within us that sense of purpose in, in times like these to be instruments of your love to people who are hurting. And then, Father, we are mindful of those who are working even as we speak to restore power to us and the dangers that they subject themselves to. God, we thank you for them. We thank you for their calling. We thank you for their ministry among us and pray that you would keep them safe. Lord, there's so many things happening around us. But right now, Lord, I pray that you would be with us in this moment that we have together that you would speak to us as only you can through the power of your spirit. As we acknowledge, Father, all of these things that we depend on, we can't depend on them. We have to depend on you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I'm going to be doing something a little different over the next several weeks. I'm going to be preaching from the same scripture uh, every Sunday, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Now, I'm not that creative, so I'm using other people's thoughts on it to help me. I, I can preach it. I've, I've done it before, but to approach it from different perspectives, I'm, I'm going to be using um, some some other people's thoughts on it to uh, to guide us through it. It's I, I'm, I'm sort of like that preacher who, this young guy who came to the church and they, uh, the first Sunday he preached this very dynamic sermon and everybody said, you know, that's exactly what we need to hear, preacher. Good job. You did well. So the next Sunday he preached the same sermon and they said, well, he's new and he's young. We'll just, we'll, we'll let that go. And the third Sunday he preached the same sermon again. 
And they got to wondering, so what is wrong with this guy? He only knows one sermon. So they went to him after the service and preacher, we, you know, that's a good sermon, but we'd like to hear more. And he looked at him and he said, when you start doing that one, then I'll give you a different sermon. So by the time we finish Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I hope it will be so ingrained within us that we will respond to it and live it out. It's on transformation. Now, I have here what's called a transformer. <laughs> you, you know this drill, don't you? I couldn't transform it. I had to get three other people to help me to make this thing work. Now, I can take it out of this shape to the other one, but I can't put it back like this. So I'm going to start here and see if I can't make it into something else and transform it and see what we have here. Um, wait a minute. This one goes somewhere. There. There. It was a shark. Now it is a, a guy. He's been transformed. It was a shark. Now it's a some kind of guy. I was going to use this with the children last week, even if I needed to. Um, and I didn't. So I, I'm, I'm going to start off with it this week. But next week, I'm going to ask all the children to bring their transformers with them. Next week, if you have a transformer, bring it with you. If you don't, that's okay. But I want you to demonstrate for us how our lives are transformed from one figure to another. And that thing was expensive, too. <laughs> Be transformed, says the scriptures. Um, and I'm using some words that from a blog by Melanie Newton. Melanie Newton. Therefore, in, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, Therefore I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. May God bless the hearing and the reading of his word. Be ye transformed, says the scriptures. So what does that mean? And how do we do that? How do we transform our lives? How do we become something that we are not? One of the things that you need to do is to realize that when we are transformed, it's for our good. We can become a better person. There's a better version of me out there than what you see right here. And some of you are saying, we can't get any better than that. I know, that's what you think. <laughs> but we can be transformed. We can become better people. Every one of us can. We're all a construction 
um, project, in process. God ain't done with me yet. And God's not done with you yet. He's still changing us and transforming us and making us into something better than what we are. The question is, do you want to be better? In order to be transformed, we have to dare to be different than you are right now. Dare to be different. Dare to change. Now, this is not some New Year's resolution. This is a, this is a whole new beginning. This is, a, this, is, this is a starting over again. But as we start this new year, as we look at what that means for us in the, in the eyes of God, what does it mean to be a new creation? What does it mean to be a new creature before God? In order to do that, you have to dare to evaluate your life. Think about your life right now. Tell me what is conforming you. What are you allowing to, to influence your life? What values do you follow? What is it that you look to for guidance and direction as to right and wrong? Wall Street? Lord help you. TV? You're in trouble. Facebook? I, I agree with Betty White. Greatest waste of time that any man has ever invented. <laughs> and it consumes us. And we get so much of who we are and what we think. And we allow that to, to, to change our thoughts and patterns. And, and, and we, we allow that to we conform to that because that's the input that's coming into our lives. What, what is it that you are doing right now that's influencing the way you think? What is it that controls your thoughts? Somehow we need to figure out if we are conforming to this world or not. If you want to be transformed, first thing you've got to do is an inventory, evaluation of who you are. Dare to evaluate your life. Dare to evaluate what's important and what's not important. Dare to evaluate the things that are coming into your life and what's feeding your spirit within. Evaluate it. Look at it objectively and see what it is that is taking, shaping you into the person that you are. What are the world's influences that are pulling on your life? And trust me, there are lots of them. The world will pull you every which way it can. All kinds of messages. You know, if you, if you use this product, you're going to be wealthy and wise and beautiful. I've tried every one of them. <laughs> And, and, and none of them have worked, including Transformers. <laughs> but the world will sell you a line. You know why? Because the world wants to sell you something. They're not interested in you. They're interested in what they can get out of you. And if you allow the things of this world to change you, to, to become your value system, to, to be that which is important to you, then you're conforming to the values of this world. If you're going to be a different person, the first thing you have to do is to um, evaluate. 
What is going on in your life? Where are those influences coming from? The second thing that you've got to do is that you've got to submit to be transformed. You have to be willing to be different. You have to be willing to be different. You have to be willing to be different than you are right now. It's not that you're bad, but you can be better. And if we get so hung up onto where we are right now, we will never be any better. And God has a better plan than we can think or imagine for us as individuals and for this church. If we're willing to be different than we are right now. Are we willing to, are we willing to be transformed? I'm going to fix this later. And we're going to let the children show us what that means next week when they come and, and do their transformations in front of us. As our lives are transformed in front of family and friends, as, as we become that person that God created us to be. And God has a, a plan for your life that he wants you to be. Hannah and Gillian, you need to hear that. What you did here today is the first step in becoming the person God wants you to be. And it's a process. It's not something you do one time. You don't just, you don't, you don't just become that individual all of a sudden. You, you know the, the Apostle Paul and what happened with him and how his life was changed. I mean, he went from killing Christians to being one of the greatest missionaries that ever lived and telling other people about Jesus Christ, risking his life, giving his life for the sake of the gospel. God did a miracle in that man's life, changed him, transformed him. And yes, he had a Damascus Road experience that had a major impact on him, but it was a process for him to become that apostle. He had to spend time with the other apostles to learn and to grow. And we need to be able to, to do that. But you've got to be willing to do that. You've got to be willing to submit to the Spirit of God within you to be the person God wants you to be. To be the church God wants you to be. You've got to say, okay, Lord, whatever you've got in store, that's what I want. And seek it and want it and work for it. We're not there yet. We're not where God wants us to be. None of us are. There is a transformation taking place. And I think with all my heart that this pandemic is God speaking to us. I think with all my heart that this snowstorm that has changed our lives at the beginning of this year, with all the plans and hopes and dreams that we had, boom, they're gone. God said, let me show you who's in control. And we can do it God's way, or we can do it our way. But we've got to be willing to submit to the Spirit of God within us to be a different person. I thought that was pretty good. I don't know this Melanie person, but I think she nailed it. In submitting, one of the things we need to do is to recognize that all of you belongs to God. And daring to submit to him is for your good and it pleases God. Realize that God wants what's best for you. God wants what's good for you. 
God wants the best there is in life. You know what Satan does? He'll come along and say, hey, just try this. It's as good as IBM. But it's not God's best. And we settle for something not quite as good as what God wants for us because the old devil gets a hold of us and the world speaks to us. And we listen to those voices rather than to the voice of God, that still small voice that cries out within us. And I think God is telling us that through all that's happening in our world. We don't have to sing to worship God. We're going to, we, 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 have your people call my people. <laughs> I love to sing. And the people of God, that's one way that we celebrate and we, and we talk about, we, we, we release that spirit within us. And, and we're going to talk about that spiritual worship. And part of spiritual worship to me is music. But God is saying right now, focus on me and me alone. And stop looking at all the trappings and all the other pieces that we bicker about and fight about. It ain't worth it. There's something more important here than music. And that's the living God. How many churches have split over the style of music that they have? And we've missed it because we weren't willing to be different. We wanted to have it the way we'd always had it. We wanted to be the people we've always been rather than being the people God wants us to be. You've got to be willing to submit. In order to do that, you evaluate where is that input coming from? Who's telling you that what's good and what's bad? Where are those values coming from? And then you've got to recognize that God wants what's best for you. Renew your mind from the world's way of thinking, feeling, and doing to God's way of thinking, feeling, and doing. Renew your mind. Replace those thoughts. And how do you replace those thoughts? How do you, how do you get God's word on your brain? Bible study. Prayer. Fellowship of other Christians. And we change our way of thinking. We allow God to speak to us. And when God speaks, we need to listen and be obedient because we're willing to change. Be ye transformed. We get all of this from Romans 12, 2, where it says renewing our minds means pushing the conforming influences away and replacing them with spiritual input from God's word. Let God's word feed your spirit. The conforming and transforming are not one-time events, but they are a continuous action. Keep on not conforming. Keep on being transformed. Don't stop. There, there are no stop signs in spiritual growth. There may be some pauses along the way, but there are no stop signs. God is not finished yet. So we evaluate and we submit in the world 
but not of the world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. That, that's supernatural kind of thinking. Now, some of you are into the supernatural stuff and science fiction, all that stuff. I'm not. I, I, I do believe in the reality of the truth of God's word. And, and I believe that there is a hereafter. And that reality is what I live for. That's why I'm standing here today, because I believe that the promises of God are true. I believe that what those two young ladies did up there this morning is a powerful expression of what God can do in a person's life. And if you believe that, it changes everything. Everything is different if you believe that God has done what God has said he has done through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's being in the, you got to live in this world. I'm still in a sinful body. I'm still in a sinful world. There's sin in the church. Did y'all know there was sin in the church? You know why there's sin in the church? Yeah, because I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> it's sin in all of us. And we bring that with us when we come and, and we hold each other accountable before God so that we can grow together and be obedient to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The third part of being transformed, not only do you dare to evaluate, you dare to submit, but dare to expect results. Expect God to change your life. Look for the changes. The Bible knowledge commentary puts this verse like this. As a Christian is transformed in mind and is made more like Christ, he comes to approve and desire God's will, not their own will for their life. Then he discovers that God's will is what is good for him and that it pleases God and is complete in every way. It is all he needs. It's all you need. Do you need electricity? Yeah, that's nice. Because we're dependent upon it. But there was a time we didn't have electricity. It, it, it's nice to be able to, uh, to travel and to go, but I, I can remember when it snowed, you stayed home, made hot chocolate, went sleigh riding out on the hillside, and the neighborhood got together, and you had a good time, and boy, you celebrated those snow days. But now everybody's got to get on the road. We gotta go somewhere. We gotta be someplace else and where we are. Because we're not happy right here. We're not happy with who we are. We're not expecting God to see us through what's happening in our world, in our lives. We've lost our sense of hope and direction. But God hasn't given up on us. God is still moving and working and speaking. In order for us to expect results means a, a change in our character. Your character is going to change. Look for those changes. You won't be the same person as you were before, just like Paul. And Paul would go into certain settings and he had to prove himself. The Christians didn't trust him because he'd been killing them. So he had to prove himself to them. And the Jews didn't understand why he was all of a sudden preaching what he was condemning before. So Paul was a man without a country. He had no friends because everybody was opposed to him. But he 
he was obedient to God and allowed God to use him in his situation and circumstances. Are you willing to do that and look for those changes in your life? Your priorities will change. And if your priorities have not changed since the time you were baptized, then I question whether you are a Christian. I'm going to say it again. Just because you were baptized doesn't mean you're a Christian. Just because your name is on the church roll doesn't mean that you are a Christian. There has to be a change in your life to demonstrate the power of God moving within you. Are you willing to allow the power of God to change you? Your priorities will be different if we allow God to have his way. Dare to be different. Dare to be transformed. Dare to be the person God wants you to be. Dare to say, God, here am I. Use me. Send me. Mold me. Make me. Because I believe you love me. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to be transformed? Or are you just content to be who you are right now? I'm not. I, I want to be the person God wants me to be. But I need your help with that. You need to tell me when I do it wrong. Don't everybody do it at once, please. I can, I can, only, take, I can only take one or two at a time. But, <laughs> but together, we can become the people God wants us to be. That's church. Becoming. We haven't arrived. Do you dare to become like Christ? It's the beginning of a new year. By the way, I was going to preach this sermon last week if Randy was not able to preach. And I was going to use his life as one who had been transformed. You transformed that guy. And he transformed you. Because y'all work together for the sake of the kingdom of God. But it's not Randy. It was God working through Randy. It was God working within the body of Christ. And we need to make sure that we're trusting in God, not in a person. It's going to be different if you're willing to be different. It's going to be different if you're willing to be transformed as the people of God in this place. And when you are, the sky is the limit for what God can do. Will you take that dare, dare to be different than you are today? Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for not giving up on us, Father. And thank you, Father, for the people you bring along the way to help us to, to see our, uh, where we need to grow and what we need to do to be more like Christ. Uh, Father, we commit ourselves once more into your hands, asking God that you would take us as we are and use us, Father, to your glory and to your honor. 
Thank you for what you have done through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.